load and to preach to us tonight. We're going to help him on this Tuesday night. Yeah, we're going to help him. Let's give him a good Ben Dale. Welcome to this pulpit again tonight. God bless you. How many is truly thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight? I said, how many is really thankful to be in the house of the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I glorify you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. There's no better place to be in the world than to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. He is a wonderful Savior. He's a wonderful God. Amen. There's nobody like him. Amen. Won't you find somebody close to you? Tell them how thankful you are to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Tell them you can leave here different than the way you came tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. I tell you one thing, there is nothing like being able to touch the Lord. Nothing like knowing you can call on his name and he'll be there. I mean, anybody ever had one of those friends that you know, that you knew no matter what time it was, you could call them and they'd be there to help you? Amen. We serve a God that's ten times, a thousand times, a million times greater than that. Doesn't matter what kind of a bind you find yourself in, what kind of a situation you find yourself in. Amen. He's able to come to where you are and pull you out of the pit, pull you out of the muck and the mire. Amen. That's so easy sometimes to step off in and wonder, man, how in the world did I end up here? Amen. But we serve a God that knows. Amen. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 15. Amen, beginning with verse number four, amen, and uh, today in prayer, amen, the Lord laid this on my heart, amen, and, uh, and as I was in prayer, I just began to jot uh, these thoughts down as they came to me, and uh, just, I know that the Lord's going to use us tonight, the Lord's going to have his way in this house, amen, how many knows that it's all about Jesus, amen, I, I can't help you. I can't free you, I can't deliver you, but Jesus can. Amen. I said Jesus can. Amen. I give honor to Pastor Moore. Amen. First Lady Sister Moore. Just thankful for them, for their friendship. Amen. And uh, Brother Ford was mentioning something about me being easy to love. And I don't, I don't think my wife was in here at the time. Amen. And I, I leaned over and told... Uh, Pastor Moore, and I think I may have said it a little too loud because some of the corrals started laughing. I think they might have heard me, but uh, I said, well, it took my wife about two years to fall in love with me. Amen. That was before we got married, you know, that's, amen. That was, that was when I was still chasing her, you know, amen. Luke chapter 15, beginning with verse number four, says, what man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, do not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. Now he says he begins his journey after the lost and he doesn't quit until he finds it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. More than over ninety and nine just persons which need 
no repentance. Amen. How many believes that repentance is important? Amen. He said there's joy. There's rejoicing in heaven when one comes to that place of repentance and one makes things right with the Lord and one repents of the errors of their ways. Amen. Amen. Would you lay your Bibles down? Let's lift our hands together one more time all across this house. Would you help me pray? Lord Jesus, and God, I come before you right now. God, I pray that you'd empty me of myself, my own ideas, my own opinions. God, I admit my dependence upon you. God, use me as a tool, as an instrument in the palm of your hand. God, bind up the brokenhearted and set every captive soul free. God, Lord, let your anointing destroy every yoke of bondage. God, I pray that you'd call somebody out of darkness into your marvelous light. God, let someone here under the sound of my voice tonight realize uh, that they are important to you God that they are just as important to you uh, as the 90 and 9 God uh, Lord that your love and your grace and your mercy uh, is awesome and mighty God uh, Lord I pray that you would anoint every ear to hear your word tonight God uh, Lord I pray God that you'd empty me of myself God uh, and fill me with your holy anointing God uh, and if any good thing would happen in this house tonight Lord uh, let it be said that it was because of your anointing let's clap our hands together one more time. I wonder if somebody shouting to God with a voice of triumph. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody got a grateful heart tonight? Anybody got a thankful spirit tonight that says, God, I thank you. You've been too good to me, Lord. You're faithful, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I want to preach to you what the Lord has laid on my heart here today. Amen. Just a simple little thought. The importance of just one. Amen. The importance of just one. Amen. If you'll bear with me for a few moments, I'm going to, uh, by the help of the Holy Ghost, we're going to lay a foundation here if that's all right. Amen. Jesus was a man that had multitudes follow after him. Uh, there were times in Jesus' ministry that the crowd was so thick around him that people were just constantly bumping into him and constantly touching him. And there, uh, the, the crowd would just uh, gather in around him, the multitudes that were seeking uh, to hear a word from this man called Jesus. Uh, the crowd would be so thick that at times people would have to press uh, their way through the crowd or even climb up into a tree just to see him face to face. And scripture tells us that Jesus was a man that was moved with compassion for the multitudes. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36 it says, but when he, speaking of Jesus saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Can I tell you tonight that any leader has a desire for a large group of people to follow them because leaders want to touch as many people as they can. They, they want to be able to minister and to do something good for everyone that they come in contact with. A leader wants to be the one that's able to be a blessing to others and able to touch those that are around them in their lives. But can I tell you that this man named Jesus, he did not forget the importance of just that one individual. He did 
not forget about that one that would stick out in a crowd that had a need in their life and a need in their body and a need in their spirit. Can I tell you that Jesus left the multitudes behind to cross over a stormy sea so that he could step out on the shores of Gadara and touch just that one man we know as Legion because he had something that was having him bound and something that was tormenting his soul day after day and night after night. But Jesus understood this man needs deliverance and this man needs my help. I'll leave the others behind just to deliver this one tormented soul from the clutches and from the grips of the adversary. I've come to tell you tonight about a God that knows how important you are. I've come to tell you about a God. You're not lost in the crowd, but he knows you by name, and he's able to minister to each and every need that you have in your life. Hallelujah. Each individual is important to God because he made us and each one in his very image. Psalms 139 and 14 says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now in Jeremiah, the Lord was talking to Jeremiah specifically and letting him know that it was I that formed you in the womb. It was I that sanctified you and called you before you were ever even born. I had my hand upon your life. And if God did that for Jeremiah... I believe that God has done that for each and every one of us, that we were handmade by God Almighty, even in the womb, before we ever saw the light of day, before our mothers and our fathers ever knew we were on the way. There was a God that already knew us by name. That same God that said, Nathaniel, I saw you sitting under the fig tree. Can I let somebody know tonight? We serve a God. He's not afraid to take time with Jesus. Just that one individual because each and every one of us is important in the eyes of God. Each one has a God-given gift. Each one has God-given talents. Each one has a God-ordained call upon their life. Can I tell you, he is the God that takes time for just the one. Can I tell you, we're not just part of something like a factory where we're just being mass produced. But God said, I took my time with each individual. I took my time to reach into your mother's womb. It didn't matter the condition that she was in. It didn't matter whether she was a sinner or a saint. I took my time in each and every womb. And I formed each individual to have the gifts and the talents that I had. And that's why each and every one has a desire on the inside of them to be fulfilled. That's why each and every person 
has something on the inside of them we will not let them rest until they find Jesus because he's already had his hand upon their lives because he's already touched them before they were ever born he's the one that put the bones in place he's the one that put the first breaths in those little lungs it is God almighty himself and I tell you it's easy to feel lost in a crowd sometimes but even in a crowd God sees individuals even in this church service here tonight we may look across the congregation and we see that a congregation but when God looks upon this crowd tonight he sees each and every individual that's here in the house of the Lord tonight. All those names that were written on our prayer request sheets, God saw each and every name. You may have just saw a piece of paper, but God saw each and every individual name that was written there. You may have just saw a bunch of hands lifted across the house and when it was asked who has a need in their life, can I tell you, God saw deeper than that and he saw exactly what is going on in my life and in your life because we serve a God that knows the importance of each and every individual and I tell you it's God's will to move in every life it's God's will to move in every heart and to move in every home and I let you know it's important you are important to God and God has a plan for your life hallelujah even in a crowd Jesus stopped to minister to just one. Hallelujah. The woman with an issue of blood that pressed her way through. Jesus said, who touched me? And he stopped and ministered to her and said, I felt that healing virtue. I felt something flow out of me and your faith has made you whole. Oh, brother Zacchaeus climbed up in a tree and Jesus stopped just to say, Zacchaeus, come down for today I must abide at your house. Oh, when Jesus was in the synagogue and there was a crowd of people around, there was a man with a withered hand in the middle of the crowd and Jesus said, stand forth and stretch out your hand and Jesus healed him and I tell you it doesn't matter what you have need of Jesus sees you and he can cause you to stand out from the crowd and say I'm about to move and work in your life because each one is important to me each individual matters in my kingdom I'm not just here to look for a crowd or to look for a multitude but I'm here to meet and supply every individual need it doesn't how big or how small God is able he created you and so every situation in your life is important to him God help me Jesus why do you think this world and, and, and especially where we live in the the nation that we live in. Why do you think unborn babies are under attack the way they are? Because the devil doesn't like what God 
has his hand on and as many as he can kill in the womb before they ever have a chance at coming out and, and, and having a life and having a hope and a future. Oh, the devil likes to stop and destroy anything that he can. He likes to steal life and he likes to take those things. But can I tell you, that's why each and every unborn child is important because you never know what kind of gifts and what kind of talents God has placed on that individual that even in the womb, God is already orchestrating your plan and God is already laying things out the way that he desires them to be. And can I let you know here in the house of the Lord tonight that Jesus is able to take time with you and he's able to take time with me. Hey, you might be saying, look, God's been so good to me. I've got to be his only child. But then I can stand up and testify, hey, God's been so good to me. He loves me like I'm his only son. But can I tell you, that's because he loves each and every one of us. That's because he has enough compassion on each and every individual. If just that one, he'll leave the 99 and go for that one. Hallelujah. In our opening passage, Jesus tells the parable of the 100 sheep. Matter of fact, this is just the first parable of three that Jesus tells back to back to back to show the importance of just one. All three of these parables have one thing in common, the importance of one individual. The importance and the power and the time that God is willing to take to go after just that one. Here we find that that one sheep has gone astray. And Jesus says that shepherd, oh, he's willing to leave the 99 in the wilderness and go and look for that one lost sheep until he finds it. And I tell you tonight about a relentless love that will not quit looking for you, that will not quit searching for you until he finds you. You can run all you want to like Jonah did, but sooner or later the power of God is going to catch up with you and you're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to let him pick me up? And am I going to let him put me on his shoulders? And am I going to let him take me back where I belong? I want to preach to somebody tonight and tell you you are important. You might just be one. You might not be a big crowd. You might not have the faith things, but that doesn't matter to Jesus. What matters to him is, is your soul right with him? Come on, are you saved? Have you been delivered? Have you been bought with a price? Have you been brought out of the world? Have you been saved and set free by the mighty power of Jesus Christ? He will not relent until he finds that lost sheep. says he goes until he finds and when he finds that one sheep oh he could be angry about the time that it took to find him oh he could be upset about the valuable time he lost with the 90 and the 9 but yet he throws that lost sheep around his shoulders 
And he begins to rejoice for that one lost sheep has now been found. And not only that, he doesn't stop there, but he goes even further. When he gets back to the rest of the flock, he gets all of his friends together and says, I want to let you know that sheep that I lost, I finally found him. Let's have a party. Let's celebrate the goodness. Can I tell somebody that's why we get excited when a sinner makes their way down to the altar and they pour out their heart in a place of repentance. That's why we begin to jump and dance and get beside ourselves because we know, hey, it wasn't too long ago when I was that one lost sheep and Jesus didn't stop until he found me. He didn't give up until I was in the altar with tears flowing down my face saying, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to love you. You took your time to find me. I don't feel important to myself. I'm just one individual but Jesus knows the importance of just that one and he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance and that's why Jesus said you gotta, you gotta understand there's a hundred and one's gone we're not gonna be satisfied until we're at a hundred again we're not going to be satisfied until that one that went astray is back in the house. Until that one is back among the fold. Can I tell you, God loves you. God cares about you. And God reaches and reaches and reaches and reaches. Can I tell you, His mercy endureth forever. His love and kindness endureth forever. He says, there's no place you can go so far from me that my unrelenting love will not reach to where you are and will not pull you out and give you a hope and a future. And Jesus goes on the next parable. He tells them about a lost coin in 15 and 8 of Luke. He says, either that woman, what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you that there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Oh, can I tell you, there is something wonderful that begins to happen in the presence of the angel when one sinner makes up their mind. I don't have to leave the same way I came. I don't have to stay bound up, but I can be found by the marvelous grace of God. I can be delivered by the hand of God that's moving and working in my life. This woman, the Word of God says she had ten pieces of silver. And she takes an account of her silver. She finds nine and the one is missing. She could have been content with the nine and said, well, that's just hard times. I lost the one. But at least... I still have the nine. But there was something in her that said, I'm not willing to lose even one coin. 
I'm not willing to even just let one silver piece be lost. Oh, I would feel the same way if I only had one and nine were missing. Oh, that one is very important to me and I will not rest until I find it. She takes a light. She takes a fire of some kind and she lights that candle and she begins to light the house and she takes out her broom and she begins to sweep under the furniture and she begins to clean up the house in search for just that one lost coin, that one lost piece of silver. Something within her says, I will not be satisfied until my collection is complete again. And can I tell you tonight, we have a God that will not be satisfied until all the pieces are in their proper place. We have a God that will not be satisfied to each and every individual finds themselves in the palm of his hand. I've got nine, but where is that one? I will not let it be lost. The sad thing about this, I was talking to one of our good brothers last night. Man, the Lord smote my spirit as we talked about how terrible it already is going to be for those that are out in the world when they die and they find themselves in a devil's hell. But how much worse would it be for those that come and set an apostolic church service hearing the dynamic word of the Lord and experiencing worship services like we've experienced around here and the powerful move of the Holy Ghost that we've been a part of. How much more traumatic would it be for them to have to know I heard Pastor Moore preach to me time after time. I heard God's voice speak to me and try to call me out of a place of complacency. But yet I decided I would be lost in the house it's not enough to just come to the house but how many sit on the pews or sit in the chairs and their hearts are far from God God help me that's why it's important brother Ford that we light the candle in the house of the Lord and that's why it's important we get out our Holy Ghost brooms and we say God we're going to make sure this is a clean place we're going to make sure we sweep out anything that's not like God because we don't want any of our young people to be lost in the house of God we don't want any of our children to be lost in the house of God I'm sorry I can't get away from it we got to have something in the house of God that's going to be so bright it'll show them how to live and show them how to walk It'll show them the way. God, don't let them be lost in the house. Well, Pastor Moore, we got 90%. That's not good enough. We want everyone. 
We want them all to know, hey, I don't just have to come to church. And I don't just have to go through the motions. Oh, but I can have a relationship with him that will forever change my life. I can have a relationship with him that will call me out of my darkness into his marvelous light. That's why it's important that we have Holy Ghost dynamic church every time we come into the house of the Lord. We can't afford to have just one service where we lackadaisically go through the motions. But every service is important. Every service, there's somebody dependent on me and there's somebody dependent on you to light the candle and sweep the house and say, God, search my heart. I don't want to be lost sitting on my chair. I don't want to be lost listening to the word of God. I want to be saved. Finally, oh, as she sweeps. Oh, it could have been the one that was lost in the cracks. But she made up her mind. I'm going to keep searching. It's got to be around here somewhere. It's got to be somewhere. I'll, I'll just one more piece of furniture. Let me lift up the bed one more time. Let me let me let me look under the stove one more time. Uh, let, let me look one more time, and finally she sees that glimmer, and she said, "Hey, that lost coin has now been found." And she begins to rejoice, and she begins to let her neighbors know, "Hey, come and look what's happened. I lost one of my pieces of silver. I only had nine left. Oh, but I begin to sweep out the house and I have recovered that which was lost. Can I tell you tonight in the house of the Lord, it's God's will for us to rejoice when a child of God is renewed by the power of the Holy Ghost. It's God's will for us to rejoice when somebody that's been lukewarm makes up in their mind, I will not be satisfied with just so-so, but I want the fire to consume me I want the power of God to cleanse me. I want the glory of the Lord to be my only desire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why we get beside ourselves when somebody we know when going through a hard spot in life and we see them lift their hands and worship Pastor Moore. And something happens to us and say, hey, they're still holding on. They're still coming. They're still making it. That's why when we see people that are battling in their mind, when they walk through them doors back there, that's why we get excited. Because we know, hey, they're in the house. And we got our light out. And we got our broom out. And we're going to make sure they have an opportunity to step into the presence of God. They have an opportunity to say, hey, I don't have to feel alone in a crowd because there's importance for just that one. It's important for each and every man woman, boy and girl that's in this house. You are not forgotten. You are not overlooked. But God has you on his mind. Even Jesus showed back up while he was showing himself alive after his passion, even Jesus showed back up in that locked, crowded room. He'd already been there before, but he came back again. He'd already said, peace be unto you, but he came back again. Because Thomas wasn't there the first time. 
But this time Jesus comes back just for Thomas. And he says, peace be unto you. Thomas had said, I will not believe unless I, I put my finger and the nail prints in his hands. Until I put my hand in that hole that's in his side. He said, I, I, I can't, I, I know how bad it was. He was on that cross and they, they took him down. They laid him in the grave. There's no way, there's no way he survived that. And others were trying to tell him, he's, he's alive. We saw him. We ate with him. He blessed us. He breathed on us. But Thomas was saying, I wasn't here when it came. I didn't see it with my own eyes. I didn't feel it with my, my own senses. I didn't feel it for myself. How can it be if I didn't see it and I have and felt it. Jesus in John 20 and 27 says, Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger. Behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believe. Here was Thomas. He was numbered with the apostles. He was handpicked by Jesus himself. But now he finds himself in a moment of weakness where the things that have happened have overwhelmed him to the point where he says there's no way that he can be alive. But Jesus says, Thomas, I love you so much that I'm willing to come back just for you. I'm willing to come back even if it's just for one individual. And I'm willing to spread my arms and let you look at the nail prints in my hand. And I'm willing to go even further than that. I'm willing to let you touch me. I'm willing to let you move on me. He told Mary at the tomb, hey, come on, you can't cling to me. You can't touch me. But he told Thomas, won't you come and put your hand on my nail prints? Why don't you come and thrust your hand to my side? If that's what it takes for you to believe, then I want you to believe. I want to tell somebody here tonight, you might be feeling like Thomas. You might be numbered with 120. You might be numbered with those that have felt the power of God. But maybe now life has caused you to think, well, hey, is it really worth it? Is it really going to happen? Like God said it's going to happen. And I tell you that he's here tonight and he's walking up and down in his house and he's saying, look on me and feel my presence. Look on me and see my glory. I'm here for one. I'm here for one. I'm here for you. Lift your hands all across this house, right? My wife would make a way. My wife would come. Can I tell you, Jesus can step in this house tonight and reassure somebody. Come on, you don't have to be filled with doubt, but you can touch Him. You can touch the hem of His garment. You can handle Him. You can feel His power. You can feel His glory. You can say, Lord, hey, I'm not here to just go through the motions tonight, but God, I'm here because I heard you were the God. It come for just the one. I heard you were the God. It would come 
come back just to touch my mind. It would come to just minister to my spirit and to minister to my soul. And I tell you, it doesn't matter how much hell tries to separate you from God. He's able to speak peace in your life. It doesn't matter the storms that say God will never move in your life again. But he's able to bring peace and tranquility in your home once again. The importance of just one. It's easy to look and see a, a family, see a congregation, see a body, see a group, and that's how God intended for it to be. But each and every one that's here is their own individual. You have your own gifts that were not your own. God gave them to you. You have your own talents that were not your own, but God gave them to you. Hey, some of you here, you have a mind. You're able to make money. You're able to do, do things and make decisions. Man, you, can, you know how to do it. You didn't do that yourself. God gave you that talent. God gave you that ability. There's people here tonight, man, you've had strong back and strong shoulder and you were, you were able to work and you were able to be promoted because you, you had a mind for it and God blessed you with raw talents and ability. Even deeper than those physical things. Have you ever known somebody that Brother Morley just knew how to come along beside you when you were struggling? They didn't even, they had no idea. And they just were able to speak just a little word. And so it was enough to keep the wheels turning. There's people with that gift in the house of the Lord tonight. He said, I've given to my church the gifts of healing. Can I tell you, there's more than one type of healing. And God uses people to help heal people's minds, to help plant seeds of encouragement. God, you, come on, can I tell you, God wants to use this church in the operation and the gifts of healing and the gifts of the Spirit to let other people know, hey, you are important to God. Your own individual situation, it's not just on a long list somewhere. Come on, I know we got our prayer list, and you might your prayer might be number 50 on the list, but it doesn't mean it's number 50 to God because God looks and sees each need Come on, I come to let somebody know in this house tonight that hey, each individual matters to God. <laughs> Woo! Come on, encourage me, James. God's no respecter of person. What he done for Brother Matt, he'll do for me. <laughs> What he done for you, he'll do for me. Why? Because I'm, a, I'm, I'm an individual. Because I, I, sometimes I feel like I'm alone in a crowd. Sometimes I feel like, hey, I, nobody sees me. I'm just another tree in the forest. I, I'm just another something that's just planted around here. I come every Sunday morning and every Sunday night. I'm faithful to every revival service. But I'm just another tree that's planted in the house of the Lord. Oh, but can I tell you what God said about trees? He said in Isaiah 61, He said, hey, I've come to tell you that the Spirit of the Lord 
Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach. He's, he's anointed me to, hey, to bind up the broken. He's anointed me to set the captive souls free. He's anointed me to do all these wonderful works. To give them a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be planted. That they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. Can I tell you, God's able to touch your life. God's able to touch each individual need that you have in your spirit. Let's lift our hands together all across this house. The third parable. You can be seated for a few more moments. The third parable. Jesus just said, I'm going to drive this home. I want to let you know. Just that one is important. He says, you know, there was a man that had two sons. The one said, Father, give me my inheritance. And I can go out and do what I want to do. So he brought his sons together and he gave them what they had coming to him. The elder son stayed. The younger son went about his business. Lived a life that, man, he was enjoying. He had all kinds of friends around him. He was spending with riotous living. But before long, everything that he had ran out. And when his finance ran out, his friends ran out. And he found himself so desperate that he joined himself to a man to feed swine. Man, Amongst these unclean animals, he finds himself laboring, just so hungry. He's almost to the plate of eat, just getting there and getting in there and eating among the swine. That's what he had been reduced to. That father just kept waiting. The father day after day waiting finally one day the young man the word of God says he came to his senses something within him began to say my father's servants had it better than this they got bread enough to eat I'm going to arise and I'm going to go down to my father's house now I'm not worried about my inheritance I'm not worried about money I'm not worried about all those things just make me a servant I don't have to be a son just a servant and as his father looks and sees him on his way home he runs meets him and he embraces him and he weeps and kisses him and he begins to rejoice and he says, bring me a robe. Put it on. Let's get some shoes on those feet. Let's put the family name, put the family seal, the, the family sign on his hand. and Go kill the fatted calf. It's time to celebrate. My son that was dead, he is alive again. I tell you here tonight in the house of the Lord 
the Father loved that one that was lost as much as he loved the one that was still in the house. And the one that stayed in the house, he was kept from the pig pen. And he was kept from the shame and the humiliation of having his friends walk off and leave him and, and being all alone and all by himself. He, he stayed in daddy's house. But when he seen his brother come home and now there's a celebration, some jealousy is rising up in him and he says, you, you never threw a party like that for me. You, 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 you never done anything like that for me. But the father said, I want you to know you've been with me every day. All of this was yours to have. And can I tell you, it's God's will that we do not take it for granted. The blessing and the provision that he has offered to us. Can I tell you, being in the house is a lot better than being in the pig pen. Being in the house is a lot better than rolling around in the muck and the mire of this world and having all of your dignity stripped away. Can I tell you, there's still hope in the pig pen. But can I tell you, in the house of the Lord, there is peace and joy and contentment. The one that was lost still had a father that loved him and said, I see you for who you are. I see the mistakes you've made, but I'm about to cover up your filthiness. And I'm about to put some shoes on those feet that have walked down roads you'd rather forget about. He can I let somebody here to know tonight in the house of the Lord, God has brought you from a mighty long way. There's people sitting under the sound of my voice that you came to yourself in a pig pen. You came back to your senses in a place where you knew you didn't belong. But tonight you're sitting in the house of the Lord. Why? Because of the Father's love. It said, hey, it doesn't matter where they've been. I still love them. And when they come back, I'm going to bring them back in. I'm still I'm going to call them my son. I'm still going to clothe them with my goodness and my glory. The father could have said, well, you know, at least I still got one. And just wrote off the other. But that's not what he did. That's not what he did. God, I'm so thankful that when I was like that prodigal son that you didn't just say well I've still gotten my 99 well I still got Pastor Moore down there in Bendale I guess it'll be alright to lose that, that Ralph's fella I, I guess it'll be okay oh but can I tell you Jesus said no 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 that's not how it is that one individual no matter what kind of pain they're facing I love them just like I love the one that seems to have it all together that one that's been through the muck and the mire of life I still love them just as much as I love the one that's lived a clean life the importance just one just one I come to preach to Bendel tonight I come to deliver my heart's burden to you just one soul at a time one sinner at a time 
one lost loved one at a time because there's importance in just that one. It doesn't have to be in fives and tens and fifteens and twenties. Oh, but God, we're just going to keep praying. God, and when you bring that one in, we're going to pray. You're going to bring another one in. And God, we're just going to hold on to the promise that you know exactly what you're doing. And there's not anybody so lost that you won't leave the ninety-nine and search for that one that is important to you. Is there any witnesses in the house tonight that can remember when you were there? one and tonight you're still that one he still loves you just as much as he did when he walked through the desert to find you when he walked through the lonely desolate places to deliver your soul he still loves you just that much he's still the keeper of your future he's still the keeper of your soul come on let's lift our voice let's throw up our hands all across this house there's a lot of people with problems you think he cares enough about me to look on me can I tell you even in a crowd everybody's still an individual even in the crowd when it comes to Jesus he sees only you even in the crowd can I tell you it's that way for everybody he can look at me and look at you all by ourselves at the exact same time and know exactly what I have need of and know exactly what you have need of we don't serve a little bitty old God somewhere we don't have to take a number and stand in line we don't have to take a number and say well hey maybe he'll call my number right now maybe this is my season but he's a God that knows the importance of every individual saint sinner backslider they're all individuals hey Philip you like that red hot revival down there in Samaria man it's good we're baptizing folks we're casting out devils we're healing the sick and boy you ought to feel the joy that's filling the city man even Simon the sorcerer he's found a place of repentance and is like oh don't it feel good oh look here comes Peter and John they're coming to lay hands on them. We've already baptized them in Jesus' name. Hey, they're coming to lay hands on them. They're coming to lay hands on them. They're coming to lay hands on them. And they're receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hey, Philip, get up and go off into that desert over there. What you mean, Lord? I got a crowd out here. them in droves over here down by the river being baptized. But Jesus said, hey, there's one. There's one. There's one. There's one. And he's reading in my word. And I need a man to tell him that I died for his sins. I need a man to tell him that he don't have to stay where he is. He can be delivered. Come on, I'm not still preaching just to be up here just saying stuff. Come on, the Lord's moving in this house. God's having his way in this house. Oh, preach to me. Oh! Oh, Lord, you're good. 
Come on, let's lift our voices together all across this house. Let's lift our voice. Let's lift our voice. Oh, it's just one little unit. But there's a hunger in him saying, how can I know the scripture unless somebody get up here and explain it to me? Can I tell you, all around you, there are people that are hungry, that are reading their Bibles, but they don't quite understand what they're reading. And they're looking for a Philip to come and join themselves to their chariot and say, hey, let me tell you what Isaiah is talking about. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the lamb that didn't open his mouth. He's talking about the sacrifice. Oh, Philip, there's some water. What does hinder me from being baptized? Woo! Well, if you believe it, let's go down in the water and let's baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I come, I come to preach to you tonight. And when I come to preach to you tonight, the importance of just one. The importance of just one. Come on over across this sanctuary. Come on, you ought to press till you press through. You ought to climb till you climb up so high. Jesus has no choice. Oh, but to stop and say, come down. I'm going home with you. Hey, good Jesus can minister to you in this altar full of men. Jesus can minister to you in this altar full of ladies. Come on, he's not intimidated by the crowd but he sees each individual he sees each need you are important you are important
working He's working in each person He's working in each situation But 
Praise God. Why don't you, won't you take your finger and say, hey, I'm imported. And I'm imported for Bendale, Mississippi. And for the church of the living God in Bendale, Mississippi. Because he thought I was worth saving. And since he thought I was worth saving, I'm going to start thinking and living like everybody else deserves the same opportunity. And by the help of God and by the help of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to do everything that's within my power to see them saved, to see them delivered, to see them experience the Holy Ghost and the true powers and the liberties of Jesus Christ. We're important, amen. We're important in this house tonight. We're important to the kingdom of God, to the service of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Brother Rouse, for preaching the word here tonight, bearing the burden, amen, to preach it, put it into our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. Praise God. Appreciate the response here in these altars. Amen. Coming and calling on the Lord and lifting our voices unto Him. Amen. I'm telling you, the one's important. The one is important. It's incomplete without it. <laughs> Praise God. I don't want to be cut off. How about you? Neither do I want anyone else cut off. God, you help us. Bendale, Mississippi. Amen. God's speaking. God's working. We're so thankful for it tonight. Appreciate all that's here tonight. To join with us. We'll be back here Sunday. Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday again next week. Man, just, just looking forward and excited about what God's doing for us. Man, and just let's, let's pray. No doubt this week. Amen. Uh, Mr. Maples, Wade, funeral tomorrow and others. I'm not sure about Mr. Cockerts and them. It may be done had it. I don't know, but let's pray for him. Man, that God would be with them, the fairly man, and that God would keep them and protect them and help them. This time, this time, they realize, amen, that nobody knows. Actually, Henry Fairley come by the hardware store today as a brother, a man of James, and uh, he, he made some comments about that. You know, you just never know, and you don't. So we got to be ready. It's going to pay. It's going to pay us to be ready. Amen. But love you. Appreciate you. Good to see everybody, brother. And it's good to see you back there. God bless you. Amen. It's good to see each one of y'all in the house of the Lord tonight. Uh, but going to be back here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday and Tuesday night. Expecting great move of God and outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And invite somebody. Invite them. Be excited about it. Come and man, please. And I'm going to pray. I'm praying God help this church. Amen. Plan everything they can around around Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. Amen. Make it, make it, put everything you can into it to be here for prayer time, be here at service time, be here to give your best Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Okay, I know we've been living a busy lives, got a lot of things going on. I understand. Amen. I really do. Pray for your pastor tomorrow. Brother Johnson from Natchez called me when we come preach for him tomorrow night. So you pray that God will help use us tomorrow night to be a blessing to them. I'm not sure what all is going on there. Maybe nothing. I just don't know. I know Brother Spears, amen, went Sunday and preached for him Sunday night. And so uh, I don't know. I just have a feeling in my spirit. But anyway, we, we're going to be a help to him. We're going to be a blessing to him. So you pray for me, all right? Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. Let's don't forget also, Sister Rouse, she makes some things to put in your hair and all that good stuff. You don't make nothing for the men, do you? You don't make no special ties or nothing. Okay, praise God. I figured I'd ask, you know. I Hallelujah. She won't come and put them out, you know. So you have to kind of come get with her. You know, she don't want you thinking. She's begging. She's not. But uh, it'd be a blessing to you, you know. And 
a blessing to them. And so if you haven't seen any of her work, why don't you get with her? Amen. I'm, I know she's worked hard to go into Decatur and she got to set up a booth. So, amen. She may not want to show you everything tonight. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Brother Rice probably said, no, wait. We'll be up another night or two. But anyway, praise God. We want to be a blessing to them, don't we? Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.